Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the Long Gang Kitties. This is John Wang, your most handsome guy ever on the face of the planet. Everyone, please introduce yourself right now. <coughs> My name is Dan. Hey guys, good to talk to you guys all over again. <laughs> this is Angie and I'm munching on Hello Panda. I'm Jerry. I didn't sleep last night, so yeah. That's so interesting. Jerry, we were having a podcast today. Why you never sleep properly? Account for yourself now. Irresponsible. I... I cannot sleep. I cannot sleep because, oh. you know, this this inequality shit is really affecting me. Right. What inequality? So. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's inequality shit, man. Angie, do you believe that there is inequality in Singapore? Yes. <laughs> You've yes. got bigger boobs than me. <laughs> okay. Are you unhappy about the inequality then? Do you want more boobs? <laughs> yes, I'm very proud of my giant man boobs. But you want, it, you want them to be bigger? Yes, I want titties so large that I can hide like a gun underneath them. If you had big titties, can I touch them? No. Unless okay. you have the gun. Okay, this conversation has <laughs> like, turned way out of hand. I'm going to stop you now. Bring uh, us back, bring us back, John. Bring know, us for, back. The, for the kids. Channel News Asia has come up with this new video, la, regardless of class. So now they are taking this whole new tag. Last time it used to be race, regardless uh, of race right? and whatever, right? Under the guidance and leadership of Dr. Chanil Putucheri. Chanil Putucheri. The chairman of OnePeople.sg, the national body promoting harmony. Yeah, so they work with the Channel News Asia to commission this series, basically. Seems like it's going to create another new national debate in Singapore. La. And yeah, maybe we just go one round, everybody. Have we actually ever had a national debate? <laughs> it's a mass debate. Yeah. <laughs> mass debate. <laughs> The national debate is uh typically after uh, angry people on Facebook. Yeah, angry people on, on Facebook. Reddit, yeah. 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 On the hardcore, uh, the, sorry, the hardware zone and whatever. Uh, uh, can I just stop you guys here? Okay, so what's going on? What exactly what you said just now about Dr. Janu Putri is that you're saying that the government or an arm of the government commissioned CNA to do this documentary. Yes or no? I don't think it's commissioned or whatever. The whole organization structure of OnePeople.sg is actually quite complex and quite bizarre. La. If you look at the history of the organization, it's actually founded way back in like 1997, if I'm not mistaken. And it was under the leadership of Gojok Tong. And it was actually formed together under a different name back then uh, through the efforts of the CDCA, Sinda, Mendaki, the Eurasian Association. Shit, man, how do you know all this? You're not even looking at your laptop. You you know this for a fact. How do you even know this? I was trying to dig up what the One People is all about. Oh. Because this, to me, this documentary, right, from the very beginning is kind of tainted. I, I just don't like the way that they present the facts. And I'm just trying to figure out what their angle, what their agenda is. So I went to did a bit of digging and to find out what precisely they are about. But we won't talk about that just yet. Okay, yeah. okay. I know for a fact that three, of, three out of the four of us have watched the video. So maybe for the three, right, y'all want to talk about how you felt about the thing first. Shall we start with Angie? Why me, sir? Ladies um, first. That's so sexist. sexist. Yeah, Fuck know. off. Anyways, um, I felt that I don't know, like, it's a kind of like a feel-good, feel-bad kind of a documentary. Mm, 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 mm. Clearly meant to tug at your emotional strings, I think, like, in the way that they presented certain questions or certain leading... The way that they they phrased their questions were very, were quite leading, and I think that it's meant to elicit some sort of response or a targeted response from the people who, like, were they volunteers? Like, the people who they interviewed, like, basically... No, and man. This, this usually on a show like CNA, they're not volunteers. Producers will source out these people, handpick, cherry-pick them, and then put them on the show. Yeah, okay. Well, so, like, I just, I just feel like the way that it was produced, 
uh, was very engineered. And then, how about yourself? Uh, I feel like, uh, I mean, very similar to what Angie is saying. Uh, I'll, I'll see whether I can come up with any interesting angles, but I, I had a lot of feelings while watching it, as feelings. usual. Yeah, but, but being, being a, a bigger boy now, I'm a big boy now, <laughs> I, I, I stopped watching and then I went back to watch it, but with a different mindset, uh, you know, uh, with the, with the developer creative mindset. So I'm, I'm looking at the show to, to, to see what it really is saying and to, and to put aside the feelings for a while. I found, I found that actually, um, uh, the documentary fails to address, uh, the, the deeper issues behind, you know, all these symptoms we are seeing from this inequality gap. All these, you know, treatment towards people of different class, towards, uh, uh, our, our perceptions of people of different class or how we even define this, uh, this, this class divide, you know, they're not answered and on all, all they do is just give me feelings, uh, but nothing is answered. Is that what they call um, SJW porn or something like that? Maybe, yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, because <laughs> I really had a lot of feelings watching it. Yeah. Uh, I think NG hit, it, hit the nail on the head uh, when she used the word engineered. Because everything about this whole steaming power of shit, right, is that everything is so carefully curated from top to bottom. You know, everything from the fact that the, the, the racial demographic of every situation that they engineer, right, seems to be perfectly calibrated, number one, to peddle their message, and number two, avoid criticism. I'll give you one example. Lah, okay? There was one segment where they interviewed tertiary students or uh, secondary school students. So they have some guys and some girls from the integrated program, normal academic, express, and normal technical. And fucking hell, <laughs> of course, the two Malay boys, right, the most mud. Malay boys you can find, right, are the normal academic and normal technical. And they are just like, the way they talk, uh, it just brings you over the fucking age, right? And then, questioning myself one thing. What would have happened, right, if they had brought, like, a Malay girl wearing a tudong in to, in to fill in those shoes? Did your asshole clench a little bit when I say Malay girl in tudong? Did your loins tighten? How what because do you think... Wait, wait. What, uh, okay, like, maybe I'm just slow today, but what would be the a different emotional outcome if you brought in a Malay girl with a tudong to say that. Like, is it because we are naturally expect uh, these sort of NTNA mud boys to to be like that? Yeah, and then I mean, they, are, you know, they are talking about stereotypes, right? But one of the key fe- one of the key message in the video is keep harping on stereotypes, stereotypes, stereotypes. What, what does what does the level of education have to do with your class, or at least what what does being in the what does the streaming program have to do with class? I feel like the, the show is falling a victim to its own, you know, stereotypes. No, really, really. I, I cannot have like a, like a rich boy who is like slightly slow and then he goes to NT. And beyond that, right? Okay. Let's also look at the other side of the question. Let's look at why don't they bring a Malay guy who is in the integrated program onto the show during that segment? Because that will eliminate the ability bias in this kind of scenario. So it ends up becoming really narrowly focusing on class. So they remove the gender portion, they remove the religion portion, and then they are trying to really focus down on this class thing, but it's really very curated. They, they filter out everything that they deem as noise. And the really strange thing that I noticed, right, was that while the, the two Malay boys who were from NA and NT, right, had like very distinct accents, there was this girl who was also talking about how people from Express Streams looked down on them, right? But she was using perfectly okay English to um, while she was talking. So I was like, how come they don't find like a typical Lian, like, you know, the S-hook lady <laughs> <laughs> who talks like the S-hook lady to come on and talk? Uh, you know, like, yeah, it's really strange, right? Like how uh, that kind of happens. Because I do know like a lot of 
not say a lot of people, but I do know a lot of people who predominantly speak Chinese, who are in the NA and NT streams, who do speak like that, right? Mm. Yeah, mm. so I'm just like, why do you make the distinction so obvious between the races, lah, basically? Which brings us to the next point. Do you guys think that this CNA documentary is truly meticulously engineered or the producers were just, or it wasn't a good show in general? It means the producer handling it didn't do a good job. What, what do you guys think? I think it's very meticulously crafted. But they do have a few slip-ups here and there. La. And m- maybe it's not a slip-up, but maybe they just didn't think about it carefully or whatever. Sometimes Dr. Janiel himself, right, will ask some pretty hard-hitting questions back at the... Mm. back at the... whoever is being interviewed or whatever. But the response usually is very clipped and after that, it just sort of falls off from there. I feel like they probably screen the people really well to get the outcomes that as much as they could predict, like in terms of questions and answers that would, they would get from the participants. Um, but I don't feel like it's super, super like meticulously engineered. Lah. As the only person who didn't watch the video, Jerry, after <laughs> hearing from all of us. Yeah, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts? What, what is your 300-year-old brain thinking now? <clears throat> but you, you see why this is so divisive, right? And so inflammatory, right, Jerry? In, in a way, I'm kind of glad I didn't watch anything. <laughs> why? Because personally for me, I feel a lot of these documentaries have always had a slant to it. They are always meant to shift you in one way or another. And I feel the best way to get information is to read. But of course, reading, you know, there's also tone of language and tone of words and words used that affects your ability to emote and, you know, affects your way of thinking. But at the same time, it just feels that words have more dry data, you know. You can make through it. I mean, uh, documentaries, they, they, you know, they, they toss in the close-ups of the guy, of the boys crying or going to cry or they put in some music yeah, at there the was right a bit moment, of that. you know, and that, that will, that will, that, that's just good production qualities. Right? They, they really craft it to the point where, you know, oh, this is the moment that we want to get you to feel something. You know, close up. Of course, of course, right? of course. So that's, that's how movie making is like. That's what we learn in storyboarding right okay but for those people who talk about how this documentary is just a start because you you sound like somebody who would read like you know Tio Yo Yen's book but not everybody would do that documentaries are for mm-hmm. the mainstream people true, you true, know the uncles true. and aunties at the coffee shop yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a start uh, you know to get people to start talking I guess get people uh, so, to start so you're in favour of that you're in favour of ah <sighs> the documentary we can don't criticise it so much because it is just a starting point it's a starting point for people to get talking but at the same time like what John was saying you know you cut out all the noise to condense it to that point that you want to present and then after that everyone has different opinions and then the noise starts coming out again I don't I don't think there's a good way or you know a right way to move this thing forward so I mean okay uh, but I would have to say right Channel News Asia has been putting out pretty good content like for the past couple of years uh, dealing with like social stuff and mm. you know they've done like some documentaries about um, the state of uh, nursing homes and you know whatever whatever I really love those ones yeah, where they yeah. highlight all these weird ass people in Singapore I, yeah I mean I, I'm not saying weird ass as a, as, a, as a bad thing I mean mm. I'm weird ass myself right yeah so so like when I watched the documentary I didn't feel like super angry like about how they engineered everything because I, I I in fact when I first watched it right before like it kind of exploded and became viral and everyone started talking shit about it I was like oh it's interesting that they actually did this because it's something that 
I wouldn't have expected to see on national TV. Okay. You know, okay. putting, uh, having people be so candid in a way about how they feel about class differences and social divides and things like that. A lot of other criticisms I've read also center around how there's zero, literally zero criticism of the government and uh, its policies. Uh, you know, the very things that create these... Uh, no way, that No. <laughs> On Channel News no. Asia? No what? <laughs> Criticizing the government? I mean, the MP being, our present- being the presenter isn't a clue enough for you. <laughs> like, you, what, you want the MP to go against the party whip and be like, hey, you know what? The government can do better. <laughs> guys, guys, I, I literally tried to disclaimer myself out of this by saying other criticisms I've read have centered around the fact I say these you things think, so that You think what? Just because you say that, we're going to let you off the hook. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, okay, um, well, I think one of the ways that we might be able to rectify some of these things is actually through the educational system. Because, you know, right, like, we've got this streaming or bending system where the academically weak students are kind of all bended together. And then you've got the top kids who who do really well academically all bended together. And so, essentially, right, through primary three, I think you get streamed, right? And then primary six, you get streamed again to your secondary schools. And from then on, uh, you're basically stuck in whatever stream that you're assigned to, regardless of whether or not you progress. That's not true. You can, Actually, you can progress, you can kind progr- of. You can go from normal to express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, you can but, also but fail very, from express yeah, to normal. But it's a very difficult, I think it's a quite a difficult trek to move on from normal to express. La. The other way around is much easier. La. Of course. I, I have not <laughs> known many people who managed to um, go from NA or NT to express, la, basically. But but the thing is, right, when you are bending people of the same abilities all together in the same class, what usually happens is that kids who are not able to pay attention in class, right, for example, they have short attention spans, they are not great at, you know, sitting still quietly. You've got, uh, like, 30, 30 of them all in the same class. It's pretty much impossible to conduct classes. So the teacher needs to spend more time on classroom management than actually teaching. Whereas if you kind of disperse this across the levels, right, and you've got your top students, you've got your not-so-great students all together in one class, at least you've got one or two disruptive kid in class, right? Yes, it might slow down the class somewhat, but it doesn't turn into an entire, like, classroom so where everyone is like, like this, this screaming out loud. This point raised up quite a lot uh, regarding the streaming and the bending yeah. system of Singapore. There's one portion of the regardless of class, right, which I I felt was will answer your question sufficiently. Uh. So in it, uh, Dr. Janiel was interviewing this guy called Samuel Chan and he's a teacher in the Anglican High. But he also apparently uh, volunteers for um, another organization which helped uh, lower income kids with reading. So one of the things he said, right, was streaming was intended for different students for th- with different needs. Okay, and the outcome, right, of this streaming and bending system was that we have basically eliminated school dropouts for the first ten years of education. Now, if you were to start lumping students together of different abilities, it helps no one. The strongest get slowed down, and the weakest can catch up. 
like no nobody benefits at all. If you start the the purpose of the streaming and the bending was never to eliminate the bottom tier, correct? Not I mean the bottom tier still have a lot of options in terms of the educational options that they have. You can go IT, you still can go poly, even if you're normal technical, correct? You still have plenty of options for you. I'm curious, does anybody here dispute that? I mean, just to save John some time, like nobody here no. disputes that. Yeah, no. yeah. But I, I guess we are we are more talking about like, like these unhealthy attitudes, mindsets that students have taken, even students have taken, of course, inherited from their parents uh, about each other. You know, in 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 different classes. Yeah, like so. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether. Okay, let's say you just completely almost eliminated school dropouts. Sure, but then that really unhealthy attitudes that you know in this documentary that the students have kind of talked about their day-to-day experiences about how they are looked down upon or they maybe perhaps uh, expressed a way of discrimination against people who are like lower stream than they are you know those those things only came about with i think the streaming right and well, it think- doesn't it doesn't address the inequality issue Right now, okay. the inequality here, like the the mindset of people, right, has nothing to do with how equal you are in real life. Do you agree or not? You can have whatever mind, like the, even the poor can look down on the rich. I mean, this has happened. This is of not, course, yeah. So this is not like a the the mindset of a of a human, right, is something that we can't control. No matter what, we we can't flatten that factor out. So then, if we are just talking about the streaming fact, uh, streaming in education as a factor, right. There are upsides to it. And of course, there are some downsides, naturally, but we have to decide as a society, right, what is it that we value most? Do we want the elites to get better? Do we want more dropouts? Do we want different needs for different children? So, like, what are we talking about here? Actually, for someone who was in the school system before they started coming up with all the fancy stuff like the integrated programs and the normal normal <laughs> tech. <laughs> your age is really showing but please continue tell us right. what it was like no, during, during my time obviously I'm not that old to the point where, where there's only one stream uh-huh. uh, I'm, but I'm old enough to have uh, had I, so I believe my during my time was three streams it was, no, uh, it was express normal and then there's the I don't know what it's called but it's like the super express stream where you get like higher Chinese and whatever fuck, you know, during O-levels. So even before you go to A-levels, you're already covering all the A-level subjects, right? That is like the 11, 11 O-level A1s, you know, the, the people, I mean, honestly speaking, those people are definitely more equal because their family can afford them to have tuition or whatever. You're, you know, the kid's job is just to study and, and get good grades. Like for myself, the only reason... I managed to stay in Express was because I didn't want to shame my family. That's all. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have failed all my way through and good at normal. Right. So, so from from that from that point of view, like uh, after I left the, the the government school system and I start seeing all these normal tech, you know, IT starting to get in all those all these uh, programs in to prepare them for for a job. Uh, it it does feel like the government or. I, or rather MOE is trying really hard to make sure that there's a there's a step for everyone at every learning ability. You know, it because in the past it was a little bit more it was even more um the inequality is even more uh present because if you cannot do well, you definitely go to normal. And normal you have nowhere else to go. Back then before IT it was called IT, it was called Vocational Institute. And after you come out from VI, there's really nothing else you can do. There's no 
career advancement, it's very difficult to get to a polytechnic. Uh, typically, people who are older than me, after they graduate from VI, they want to go into polytechnic, they have to wait uh, till they work several years, uh, take an entrance exam, redo their O-levels, and try for a part-time night class in Singapore Poly or NYP, uh, or NIAN, right? and which they do a five or six-year diploma. By the time they finish their diploma, they're like 35 years old. You know, so it was a lot tougher back then compared to now. Actually, right. So, question. Okay, so there's this um article from Rice Media that you posted, right? Um, I posted. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you posted in our notes, and it did, did I did I say like, oh, that's the wrong link or something? No, no, no. Okay, and you just you. basically posted it, and the title of this article is CNA's regardless of class is everything that's wrong with Singapore's inequality debate. And it went into I, how... I, saw, I only agree with the headline and then everything else I disagree. <laughs> yeah, that, that article pretty much like has no relevance to, you know. But yeah, please, Angie, please continue. Yeah, yeah, please, please, please. yeah so like um, one of the points they mentioned is that uh, the fact that what it only features like struggling families and people who are abused by higher class people, but they don't feature the underlying causes of this uh, class divide and it neglects to mention our government's role in creating the inequality like, basically so there's it talks about the lack of minimum wage you know our anti-welfare mindset you know blah 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 and instead it's a crusade against snobbery you know and um and just blaming people for judging other people as low class and not wanting to mix around their you know, across their so- social class like, basically I think going back to the question, like, you know, uh, the, the, the cultural mixing of the different social classes, is it, is it something that we see people really gravitating towards their own social class? Or, you know, are we, are we moving to, do you feel that we're moving to a society where people just, like, I don't give a fuck what your class is, just, you know, as long as you can do work. You know, I'm try I don't work. understand this, this fascination with, this cross-pollination thing where we somehow must have the diverse classes come together and mix. Like, the fuck does that accomplish? It doesn't accomplish anything, right? Or not. I mean, we already, we already established that we are different. And then if you somehow make that distinction even more pronounced, right? I don't see how this will make things better. I mean, am I wrong here? Am I? Am I? So the the alternative is that everybody forms their enclaves. The 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 people of different of of the same class mix with the people of the same class. Then um um there is no dialogue. Everything becomes very stagnant. Then is that is that an alternative you are you are referring to? If let's say I were to put you next to a person of a different social class than you, is it the first thing that you're gonna be focusing on, or is it good? Uh, are you gonna be focused on whether this person is an asshole or not? Do you know what I'm saying? You're not focused... Like, nobody ever brings two people together and just be like, hey, bro, what's your race? Hey, bro, what's your what's your social class? What car are you driving? It's whether this guy says hi, whether he has a firm handshake, whether this guy, you know, can is a, is a polite person, can talk to, you know, is he chill, is he not chill? You're not going to... That's the, that's the basis of human interaction. Not whether you're a different class or not. The class factor, right, happens when... Tribalism occurs. Yes, I agree. Tribalism is a bit of an outdated so mode of thinking. But it is still a mode of thinking. You can't overcome this hurdle, right? Just by thinking about it. You can't overcome this hurdle just by forcing two group of people 
to mix, to cross-pollinate. It won't happen. So yeah, so uh, where I live, we have uh, brand new flats, BTO on one side. Pretty expensive, so fuck you, HDB. And on the other side, we have uh, rental flats where low-income families rent from HDB. And it is uh, basically a room and a living space. That's all. And some of these places have uh, families that have like seven, eight kids. Right? And I think one of the biggest problems that, that um, we're saying is uh, the, the residents on, on my side, the residents on my side, they're like thinking, oh, let's do something for them. And then they're on the Facebook page, they're, th- they're saying, hey, let's donate stuff and let's do a party for them. And like thinking, wait, hang on, you're, you're, why are you doing to them or what are you doing for them? You know, why are you throwing this party or donating shit to them? Did they ask for it? Are you, you know, what's the, how is the action going to be perceived? Are you looking down on them? Like, oh, hey, you know, have some of the, the things that can still be used that I don't want anymore, right? How do you know, how do you know they need help? Some of them are driving cars <laughs> and they are living in rental flat. Okay, so, so like in, in a sense, also sometimes you look at it, inequality kind of, breeds itself because these families they they don't they don't see any other way to get out of that situation and their kids don't see any other way to get out of the situation right and it's just just perpetuates from generation to generation every time we have this kind of like discussion I always feel like very slightly depressed. <laughs> and I feel very unqualified to talk about it also yeah. because there are so many aspects to consider. How am I going to summarize everything into my head and come to a good conclusion? I'll tell you what my conclusion is. I want society to be more unequal. I want more inequality. I want the best and the brightest among us, right, to get the very best education, okay, at the expense of everybody else because, let's face it, for the, for the entire history of hum- human civilization, right? We've only been propelled by that. 1% oh, of God. The 1%. You're just going to okay. go into that spiel again. This sounds, sounds very unbalanced. This sounds very unbalanced. I don't unbalanced. care about unbalanced. There's no, there's no balance. There's, there's no balance, balance in everything. There's no balance. What balance? Right now, if I were to throw a very heavy punch at you, John, right at your face, and then I don't care about my balance, I'll top, <laughs> topple it. over, and do then it. I'll smash my face on the floor, and then you will stop my head. That is the stupidest thing to do. So... You know, that, 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 that intent, that fist is, is, you know, what you just talked about just now. I sacrifice everything else, the rest of my body, my balance. I throw away the entire fight because I want to deliver a killing punch to you. Yeah, but what if you actually landed that punch? You knock, you knock the fucker out, that's it, then you won the game, right? So that is what we should be aiming for. You are talking about high risk, high reward solution. I cannot advocate that. Wait a second, you're always talking about high risk, high reward solution. Me? No. Yeah. No, if I was high risk, high reward, I would put all my money in penny stock. No, but I mean, if you look at it this way, it, we can probably never get rid of inequality because okay, what happened? What let's let's go back in history. Let's go back to the 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 plague in Europe, Black Death, right? Black Death happened for a couple hundred years from the thirteen hundreds, sixteen hundreds, and obviously we know medical advancements were not. By the way, it's coming back, yo. It's coming back because people are not vaccinated. Okay, never mind. Actually, your kids, folks. Let, let's 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 look back at history, right? So twice in history, the first time was natural causes because of the uh, bubonic plague. Um, it created equality in the end because it killed off massive amounts of people, right? And there's such a limited uh, amount of people left. Workforce, therefore, yeah, wages the, got higher. Wages blah, got blah, higher, blah. and these people 
grew up, you know, it, no, grew up, sorry. These people grew to become rich uh, mm-hmm. because of their particular skill sets. And some of them are have gotten so rich to the point that their, their, their descendants are still enjoying the fruits of that wealth from hundreds of years ago in Europe, right? So... So that's one part. The second part was the French Revolution, where they this basically beheaded the entire aristocracy, right? And they they let them eat cake. So I mean, look at it this way: they they the first time was natural, the second time was human human caused by idealism, and of course, of course, we have we have the we have uh, Marxism as well, you know, in in, in Russia. Uh, so the many many instances where where uh, society was nuked. And then everyone was equal on equal footing for a while, and after like maybe fifty years, eighty years, it's unequal again. So I don't think we can get rid of inequality. This is just yeah. gonna keep coming back. Of and course, of course, but we are not advocating for getting rid of inequality. It's ridiculous. If even 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 I, I would advocate. Actually, I, I work okay. hard for my shit. I should get more. I should get Here, more if I'm more brilliant. If I'm... Are we being like? Um, privileged asses when we say that we should get rid of inequality because. Are we just trying not to Oh man, to your head is going to fucking explode. It's just going to be this endless... <laughs> Are we trying to stop the next French Revolution? <laughs> we just want to keep our riches and then stop so, the poor from rising yeah, up? So, John, John, John. Uh, John, John. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, you don't want to make... You don't want to give people a little bit more equal opportunities. An equal starting point. You, do, you don't think, want to do that. I think the... What I dislike above all else and you would you would all know this from my libertarian mindset is structural uh, inequality right that stems from the government through picking winners and losers i think that is a, a a big thing that in general i'm not in favor of this is the sort of inequality right which is the most unfair because the government can do what it wants because of the because of on its monopoly of force and the unlimited wealth basically right um, they can just generate wealth they can endlessly tax the rest of us they don't have to compete like the rest of us so they have this very distinct advantage that they can pass down to their cronies so what most people would call crony capitalism hey have we, process is, is, is john the only person well? yeah bringing the a game to the table i feel like well i'm not a i'm not my a game today man I, what about you i think oh. Okay, please, please, please. John has his A game because the rest of us are kind of like half fucked about our stance. Because I, I don't feel... I feel like it's... Like, I, I don't know... I don't have a strong stance on how exactly we can get rid of social inequality. I don't know what exactly can the government do to reduce structural inequality. Like mandating um, minimum wage or having welfare states or you, you, such you, and you such. You don't necessarily have to have a solution. Right? Angie, let me put it across to you this way. Actually, Angie, you've studied in Australia before, am I right? Yeah. Jerry, you've studied in Australia before, am I right? Canada. Canada. Uh, John, did you go overseas to study? Yeah, Australia as well. Ah, okay, so, uh, yeah, which is a great point because, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, many of my uh, the people that I know from Australia or you know the websites that I release that I, I I visit, sorry, they talk about Australians in working class, right? There's a certain sort of um, okay, number one, there's a certain sort of pride attributed to the working class. Number two, the people in the working class are paid far more competitive wages compared to what we are paid here. So like if um like Lydia has a half brother who is a welder, right? And even as a welder, he's paid quite a, a lovely sum of money. And uh, there's no, I mean, according to him, la, there's no stigma 
you know, associated with being a welder. You can hold your head up high and say, oh, I'm a welder. And every day, you know, he just works at being the best welder. And then on his side, because he's so good at welding, he, he branches out into, you know, other forms of businesses that are synergistic with his uh, skill in welding, which is somewhat furniture related, if you can believe that. So, would, would that, how, how come they can do that kind of thing there? Do you guys know why? Where a plumber, a welder, uh, somebody who repairs cars on that is, is he gets higher pay and he gets like higher respect. I don't, uh, I don't know which came first, to be honest, because I feel like even the, the person who collects trash is very highly respect. Well, not so highly serious? respected, but serious? they don't treat him like a lesser being just because he, uh, is a dumb truck driver. Actually, they earn quite a lot. They I, do earn I quite a lot. applying for the job. When I was in Australia. Yeah, like for example, in Singapore, we have that association of them being dirty or, you know, them doing jobs that Singaporeans don't want to do. But because it's, it was paid so, it's paid so well in Australia, right? There is, there is no shame in applying for such jobs. And there's also no stigma. So for example, girls and guys that I know, um, you know, of my age, uh, back then, they were like, People wanting to be carpenters or wanting to 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 do jobs like that, lah, which would be almost unthinkable in Singapore, actually. Minus the hipster wave that's coming back about home, like crafting stuff, lah. But there are, there are two main reasons, right? Why the why the particular scenario has arisen in Australia. So the first one is a they are all criminals at first. Uh no. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Stereotypes again. Uh, anyway. Number one is Australia is a resource-rich country. I mean, they, like the amount of wealth right, they're just sitting beneath their feet is ridiculous. And number two, they have very tight control on immigration. The immigration laws there are very, very strict. So you couple these two, right, where you have a country that can basically sustain its own economy. They don't actually have to trade with any other partners in the world. Okay, like they, they can just sustain themselves uh, within their own country Couple that with shrinking workforce, okay, not well, not say shrinking lah, but a more or less stable workforce that is not contaminated by influx of low wage immigrants, then you can have this kind of market where it's very, it's a very government manufactured type of labor market. Uh, Singapore is neither of those things. Singapore Actually, is neither resource rich nor does it have a very strict control. On adding to that, right? If you think about it, Japan, right, has been quite insular for a lot of its its history right and um they have that similar work uh, ethic and pride in their work so even like the dumb truck driver in japan right they're very professional about what they do and they get paid a pretty okay wage you know and there's no i don't think there's like much shame yeah, in so doing that kind of stuff again, right, going back unless to, you do a bad job at it we, we go back to them right, having not having this wave of low cost immigrants, low wage immigrants within the society. Yeah. So jobs are valued. Are valued and employees are being competed for. Like I have to like me as a business owner, right, I have to compete for the employees rather than the other way. It's not the employees competing for the job. So therefore, the boys in the employees court, right, they can command the salary that they want, so long as it's not ridiculous and it's according to market value. Okay, then yeah, me as an employer, I have to pay, right? There's no, otherwise I have no choice. No one's going to do the job. And the other thing is, you know, um, back in the day, so my dad has a contracting company, contractor. <laughs> my dad is a contractor. Construction okay. contractor. Construct- 
whatever. He employs the carpenters. So all his workers, right, are quite old already. And he says it's so hard to find, like, new people who are willing to come over. Like, because a lot of his workers are Malaysian. And even now, it's really hard to find uh, Malaysians willing to cross the causeway because in Malaysia now, they are paying really competitive wages as well. And so the thing is, right, um, because we have so we have had so much low-cost um, workers coming over in Singapore, it has gotten to the point where like any job that is physically demanding, taxing, and you know somewhat dirty, nobody wants to do because there will be people around to people from other countries around to do it uh, at a cheaper cost. And then I think the 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 value of the job kind of got pushed down and down and down to the point where. For us now, right, for majority of Singaporeans, you look at these jobs as dirty jobs. And then you have that kind of social class stratification between So, so there's no way to jobs. artificially manufacture that kind of environment in our resource-poor, uh, highly competitive market? I'm going to throw in something because uh, the reason why all these jobs go to low cost is because we broke the unions many, many, many decades ago. Oh, man. <laughs> you mean NQC is not a union? Oh, oh! I, but but it's something that we shouldn't get into, Because it's another ball of can of worms. That's a big can of worms. Yeah, I didn't want to talk yeah. about minimum wage as well, because yeah. I think we should leave that for another episode. But I mean, there are a lot of ways that. Okay, let me put it this way, lah. If the cause of structural inequality, right, is the government, then don't rely on the government to remove the structural inequality. Simple as that. You cannot get the cause to be the solution. Actually, this is the first thing you said that 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 is uh that is very interesting. <laughs> I'm not saying what you're saying is not interesting, but this is very interesting. Can you say that one more time for the edification of our audience, please? If the cause of the you can't you can't make the cause the solution. If your mother-in-law is giving you grief every fucking night, every time you come home, do you think that you can somehow talk your mother-in-law out of giving you grief? Probably not. She's gonna be the problem. So what the solution right has to be some external factor that's Killer. outside of yeah you I mean you could do move that. out yeah you could move out right all these are solutions to the cause but the cause can't be the solution well not necessarily I mean you cannot think of the government as a giant singular unit unit unity you know I mean there are different factions within the government they are pushing for separate different things and so of course maybe the easier way or the path of least resistance is to convince the government to solve the problem that they caused like three seven seven a. Oh, see, he's got his AG on today. I don't think I can win him today. Honestly, really. <laughs> I think I'm not. I'm not a libertarian per se, but I don't think we sh- we can rely on the government for everything. You guys agree that there's always going to be inequality, no matter how we tweak the system, right? Yes. So now the argument here is: Do we solve the inequality, or do is is it a situation that cannot have a resolution, but? What we're doing is we're getting people to talk about it so that they understand there's inequality. No, what are we more, trying? I to want do? more inequality, man. Like I said, just <laughs> no, no. But you know what I'm trying to say, right? It's like what what are we trying? What what does this discussion of inequality do for us? Are we trying to talk about it so we can find a solution towards an ideal, or are we just gonna talk about it so that people understand that okay, different people got different circumstances, and we shouldn't. You know, we, it, it's more like the the second thing is more like status quo. It's just more so. Uh, everyone knows each other's situation, and you know you 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 gotta tone down your rhetoric a little bit when you when you go for like when when you start arguing with people who are of a different social strata. 
Not arguing, sorry. It just depends on who is the majority or if the more conservative people like me are the majority, then we will fight for the status quo. La. If the majority is more people like Dan, then we will rip down the status quo and install a new status quo. So I think that's the... that It really just depends on like which way you swing, which what values do you prioritize over others. There is no precise right answer. I think all of us, no matter what we do, there's always sacrifices to be made. There's always somebody being kicked in the dirt. So, actually, my, my actual question is, what is the point of talking about inequality if you're not doing anything about it? It's like, mm. you know really, then you're very strong, right? Yeah, oh, I'm so woke. But, the, the, like, but the, I it actually... I this question too, though. I, myself and everybody yeah. else. Because I, I really, like, don't... Okay, at the personal level, right? Unless you're saying that, okay, we all, like, march in, on the streets and then demand for, like, uh, you know... Uh, change to the structural inequality and, you know, make policy changes. Um, what can you as an individual do to address inequality? You mean as you are right now? As right? I am right, right now. now, yeah. So, like, I mean, oh, some, some of the few good things that I do sometimes is to buy, like, tissue paper for auntie and uncle on the street who sell them for, like, 3 for $1. But that's it, you know. And, and I, I say please and thank you to people who serve me and, you know, etc., etc. But I don't. Okay, and I donate to charities. That's pretty much it. What else can I do as an inv- individual to fight inequality? And then, what good does talking about inequality do if you as an individual, besides marching on the streets, demanding that the government do something about it, what, what, what good does it do to talk about it? Yeah, maybe the documentary Actually, should have fucking addressed that. How about that? Can I offer uh, <laughs> an answer for you, Angie? You're not going to like it though, but I may have an answer. I never like your answers, John. So, it feels like, uh, to me, this entire conversation, right, especially between Dan and Angie, I think you all are exceedingly arrogant in trying to solve this problem. Number one, there are two reasons for it. One is, is there a problem to be solved? Uh, This one, right, up to now, I haven't really heard a very concise answer regarding this. Because we already agree, inequality is everywhere. So, I think what you guys might want to try and do is to find instances of inequality that you disagree with and try to solve that portion first. Rather than try to tackle on the entire, uh, entire argument, right, as one giant block. Second thing, right, is do people want you to save them? Do people really want the inequality to be taken away? There are some people who are happy being stuck in perpetual, you know, disfavor or disadvantage. These are not people that you might want to help. I, I have no, I have, I have never come across such people. <laughs> you never come across a person people who, who are in in a disfavorable situation, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy being. No, they will never say that I'm happy, right? But you can tell you are dealing with those people when help is extended to them, and then they take that help and they squander it on something else, right? There are people who have gambling problems; they will take your money and then they will go and gamble again. There are people who have mental problems, they take your money and then they don't do anything about it. There are people who revel in being in such disadvantaged position because it allows them to benefit themselves in some other way. These are people that you cannot save, right? So trying to take it all on all at once and trying to lump these people together in with your crusade, right? Is only going to hurt your cause. Once again, going back to my first point, you need to find specific instances of cases that you want to fight, a hill that you want to die on, and then go and die on that fucking hill, right? Don't take on the whole goddamn mountain. 
what, what, what do you want me to say after that? I don't, even, I don't even know which hill I want to fight and die on. I don't so, know whether I want to fight. Okay, I mean, in from from what John said just now, right? The if there's anything that I would prefer to fight on and die on is the fact that you know, going back to the education system again. Uh, or maybe not education system, but going back to the the fact that how we um, how we bring up the youngsters in this, in our society, regardless of social strata, there should be there should be a how should I put it? You know, tackling the youngsters is actually very one of the very important things that we need to look at because it's not so much we. I mean, we we can we've discussed this before. We all know that uh, education is a very good way to get out of your current social strata. Right, but at the same time, we we also need to get the kids themselves to understand because they are the ones that are gonna benefit from it. A lot of times, they don't because their parents don't have that. The parents did not receive that kind of help when they were younger, and they don't understand the value of education. They don't know that this thing can help their kids, the next generation, go further. Right, so so that will be something I would want to tackle on first. If if you know, and to be honest, um. The people who are at a certain age group and are stuck in a so- certain social strata, I don't really think there's a lot we can do to help them. Aside from giving them money to live day to day, what else can you do, honestly speaking? You know, like, I'm just referring back to that Channel News Asia thing because the, according to them, uh, pe- people of a lower social class uh, asking when asked about what would take them out of poverty, uh, the respondents uh, from the lower class uh, said that A, knowing the right people, B, education, and three, hard work. Whereas people from the upper class, when asked how to get rich, they suggested hard work, ability, and most importantly, knowing the right people. So education did not factor into people of the upper classes. Top three reasons, uh, but then for the lower class, education was. Uh, this is a case of the person don't know what they are talking about or don't know what they want. The only thing that I agree on the list, right, is the ability. Uh, because this is the one thing that and no, no one of us, right, can factor into. I mean, if you look at famous dropouts throughout history, then you have to wonder, uh, like, if they are dropouts, right, by right, we should be condemning them or looking down on them because they couldn't complete the education that they were given. But how is it that they still made it big, become successful afterwards? But those people dropped out precisely because school was an obstacle and not yeah, a path. So, you see, we never talk, we never think the flip side, correct? Right so then, they are the ones who take the, who bring the ability to the forefront and then really just sail past the finish line just based solely on their abilities. If you were to ask the poor and then they say, yeah, things like education and all that, like, education is important but they don't know why it's important. You see, they don't understand that it's not so much that you have to be the first in your class every time or you must get you must get into JC, you must get into uh, university or whatever. That sounds very extremely condescending, by the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I don't care. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm always condescending. I'm condescending to everyone. So <laughs> fuck you guys, I know, I know better. <laughs> I have all the solutions. Trust me, guys. So, yeah. And then for the people who are rich, right? Uh, I, I hate to use I hate to use this word, but you know, fucking their privilege, uh, whatever uh, has has caused has pigeonholed. Did them. you just say that they are privileged? They have privilege. Yeah. Anyway, wow. I think they are, the lifestyle that they have led right has pigeonholed themselves into a certain mindset as well, uh, where they think things like for example hard work and all that matters. 
Um, like I said, I think only ability really matters uh, to me. Everything else sort of just falls by the wayside. The problem is you cannot test for ability. I, that's that's the really frustrating part about. Um, you what can I only say? you yeah. can only put them there and let them show the ability. Like can you not test it. for ability though? Well, the problem is testing for ability right allows you to fake the test. Yeah, like you can always fake something for a very short period of time. I don't think like anyone says that testing for ability is a fail-proof way, la, but at least it gives you some inkling, right? I think Compared to, like, no test, no nothing. It's, it's probably better to engineer a system where people with ability will rise to the top. Like, what we have now, la, what is right. commonly known as meritocracy. And I think that's where a lot of people, they get very frustrated because they don't have the ability, and then they look at other people with ability and they get jealous, they get envious or whatever. And then they wonder, hey, you know, why why am I uh, stuck here or why am I so unlucky or whatever. But, okay, you all roll your eyes now. But just look at the Ben Davies situation once again. I mean, clearly, right, there's a lot of sour grapes in that in that bunch. Agree or not? So, the moment ability surfaces to the top, uh, that becomes something a little bit subjective, everybody fucking, you know, moans and groans and whatever, right? But well, you mean like the people who want him to go to an S? Like the sour grapes? Or who are the sour grapes? Yeah, I mean, the, the sour grapes are those people who feel like Ben Davis doesn't deserve the the, oh, the, right. the disruption or whatever and so on and so forth, right? This guy already has demonstrated he has the ability. But then why is it that the masses, right, inflict their will on this guy and slow them and slow him down, slow this elite down to their level? Right? So these are very sour grapes. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? But they didn't really slow him down. His slow, so-called slowdown was actually government-mandated, not right. because so then, people were bitching on the internet. Once again, we don't have a system. There's no structural system right, to allow the elites right, to flow to the top. At least not the elites that the government doesn't want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So is that structural inequality? <laughs> yeah. So the government picking winners and losers? Oh? Like, what I, like what I said previously. <laughs> la. And like I said, we have to find specific instances where it's happening and then address it. In those specific instances. That's why I came out and I said, yeah, I think Ben Davis should be allowed to play in uh, whatever football club that he will sign on. Can I be very honest here? This is honesty hour right now. And I feel... I feel that... Uh, I feel I feel a sense of hypocrisy. Because on one hand, I mean, I mean we, know, we all know that all of us are made up of different people inside our heads. Uh, it's very hard to be consistent simply because you've got many different voices in your heads that are, uh, you know, fighting for attention, right? This happens for all of us. Maybe less so for John, right? But um, uh, I, I personally, you know, have a voice in my head that is very left-leaning and, and wants uh, e- equality of opportunity for everybody. But I also have a, a, a voice inside my head that wants to win. Like, I personally want to win everybody else. And uh, these voices are sometimes not uh, uh, in accord. Uh. It's, it's very hard to find solutions where everybody can win all the time. But even if everybody wins all the time, you know, their voice just wants to win more than other people. So I think when we, at this stage, right, and, and you know, also because I'm not feeling it, right, I feel like my, lack, my resistance, my lack of ability to speak on this topic is also partly due to this deep-seated awareness of hypocrisy. I, I, I don't know what to do. Does anybody here have a similar problem or have Is solutions? it hypocrisy though? I definitely it's double standard. I don't know if it's hypocrisy, but uh, that's a, that is a solution then. Uh, join my side. 
uh, just follow my path and uh, be conservative and then uh, you're, you're set for life. That's good. You'll just be a stick in the mud. I'm not a stick in the mud. Uh, status quo, you know, all day, every uh, day. Status quo warrior, yeah, SQW, whatever. Yeah. I'll look to the oldest for, for wisdom. Jerry, what do you have to say for a young, let's say a, a young, you know, younger chap like me, a protest you, a, a man of many seasons, many ages. You know, what will you say to my, my bright, dying, idealistic eyes? Jerry was here before the moon was stained. <laughs> Not that old. I, I think when you, you said you were, you felt hypocrisy, but to be honest, I think none of us here are qualified to, to say a lot of things about this. Uh, speak for yourself. I mean, jo- John believes he's got all the answers. He just uh, publicly well, yeah, he just, on a podcast. He just said he got all the answers, but you know, to Maybe be honest... Maybe you just need to like, uh, feel, have that confidence to say like, outrageous shit and then just... Before I listen to you. Yeah, and say that, yeah, I have all the answers. Instead yeah, of doubting ourselves. Perhaps. But I really do doubt myself. I cannot, know, I, cannot, I cannot say what John said just now. I can't. I just can't. I just cannot. Try it. Just say something with conviction, like any random thing. Wait, isn't that what I did to you, Andrew? <laughs> the other day we had this conversation. I told you you must say with permission. I am beautiful. I am beautiful, just like how I. Yeah, was yeah, exactly. Answer. He was telling me how, like, uh, how yeah, I was, I was, was I giving you shit about how you keep saying like you're like the most handsome of us all and like. And actually shit. believing it, yeah. And actually believing it, he's like, yeah, you just have to say it until you believe it. Yeah. So exactly. you, maybe you have to do that then. I'm just giving you John's advice. So once again, John has all the answers. Uh, even from NG. So thank you all very much. I'm not saying that I approve of this, but if that's what you want then, you want conviction, maybe you should try it. <laughs> just say all the random shit like that doesn't have any backing or, you know, you just need to believe it and it's true. Okay. <clears throat> Magical moments time. So right now, right? You are the government, right? You are the government. You are the main man in charge. The door bursts open in your oblong office, right? And then your head scientist man, the, the egghead chief comes in. Sir, sir, we have found a solution. We have found the, the magic, whatchamacallit. And he, he puts a device on your table, right? So this device, right, is able to very accurately, or at least so he claims, tell the affinity and talent of a young child at an extremely early age. Okay, so just by like testing the blood or like putting some fucking thing on the head or what, this this scientist is able to tell. Oh, for sure, this child right is very is a high affinity towards number one economics, number two uh, uh quantum physics, number three. Then the, another guy, you know, he puts a thing on the head and 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 this this little boy at the age of five, I can tell that he's very good at uh, muscular coordination. What you might call it, he should be a good sports player. Or 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 lastly, or this person um, he's a very hands on kind of guy that you know has an affinity with automobiles and machinery you should send him to become a, a what do you call that uh, uh, what do you call engineer. that yeah, engineer or whatever like, or a like car mechanic or whatever right what will you do with this system so assuming that what he says is correct what will you do what so, will you implement so basically you have the technology as a government you have the technology to predict the life of every single child no, no, I'm not saying predict the life I'm saying what they have affinity with that means is extremely high rate of success if you send the child to the to the uh, what do you call that the vocation that was prescribed by the machine the child will be good at it that's all you know that's all the data you can glean here's how I know Dan has watched Psycho Pass at least uh, three times <laughs> I've watched it once that's it I don't think it was all that good <laughs> uh, I'll 
destroy the technology and kill everybody associated with that. <laughs> <technology. laughs> but I thought okay, I thought I thought you said you did want to encourage greatness and encourage excellence. With that technology, why why wouldn't wouldn't that help your cause instead First of, of harming? Once again, the cause can't be the solution. Second of all, the path to greatness is a journey. It's not a destination. Alright? You don't get to where you are because somebody tells you to go there. You go there because you want to go there. And along the way, that's when you discover who you are. The, 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 the greatness, right, is part of the discovery. Some Yoda shit from John, man. Okay, so you, you cannot use the first answer as an as a answer simply because this is a hypothetical situation where you are the government. In this universe, you are not the problem. Yeah, so I... Yeah, correct. Right. And, and then for the, for the second... So for me, my personal inkling, right? Like I said, I'll just destroy technology. I'll burn everybody <laughs> who's associated with the project. I'll bury them deep in, deep in their fucking labs. Alright, and never speak of it again. I'm interested to hear Jerry's answer, actually. I might screw it away. To do what? Put it on island to generate, like, you know, very specialized human beings. Your personal sex slaves? <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, very, very, uh, uh, I mean, the triple Ds and, um, very personalized, really, really thick ties, yo. Very personalized human beings with very specific skills and mindsets. For science, for science. Yeah, you know, and what? shoot them off to Mars. You know, instead of having the volunteers like, oh, I'm really die on Mars. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just going to breed like a, a, a lot of people uh, or a, a small group of people who are... Hey, hey, hey. For to do that, right? Like you need to test a pretty big population. And yes. then for those who pass your test, then you need to squirrel them away, like yes. kidnap them to this island and then yes. you start breeding them and then... Well, holy shit, Jerry. Okay. That's the story of this Master Chief so in Halo. That's why I'm so interested to like, hear what That's he wants to say. That's the story of a Gundam Steve as well. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. It sounds cool. It sounds cool. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, it's, it's not... Uh, the Civil War is coming your way. Like, both both in Halo and in Gundam Seed. Yeah. It, to, to be honest, yeah, they do that. Okay, the, okay. The, the, the idea is, I, I feel it is not necessarily uh, the sanest thing to treat every piece of... I mean, obviously, there's the moral... Uh, the moral thing that comes after but I feel every every scientific breakthrough needs to be examined you know first uh, then we, we we bring in the morals the, the moral the ethics to it yeah no no seriously seriously it, it's it's a two-tier thing you gotta see what how what, what it does first and then okay how how is it gonna affect affect the humanity you know I ethically. think based on uh, Jerry's age he's probably part of the you know the Nazi occultist shit that there was going on they were probably, <laughs> probably. experimenting on humans and uh, operating on them while they were still awake and whatever like were you part of that team bro <laughs> maybe maybe he's old enough to be yeah, maybe. Okay, Jerry yeah, I think I'm gonna let my hypocrisy flower for this one oh, yeah? so for this particular hypothetical what I would do is I would Aggressively, aggressively sell that technology to a smaller, less powerful nation and let them test it out among ourselves, record their experiments and, and the results, and then I will decide whether to do it for my own country or not. How's that? Not bad. Not bad, not bad. Any country you have in mind? What if they take the technology and invade you with it? <laughs> Get all the super science. No, no, they, they will have a, a head country start, of, right? A country of very good people who are very good at doing stuff. Uh. 
That's all. Uh. It's not like you become super soldiers. Uh. I'm just telling you that you know, you have affinity to be a mechanic, affinity to be whatever. Uh. Some South all. Pacific Island, right? <laughs> maybe, win, maybe. You know, to win a battle, you need an army. But to win a war, you only need one man. One super soldier <laughs> coming into Dan's office and cutting his throat. <laughs> oh my god, this is a good good script right here. NG, what about you? What would you do if okay again on this let me uh, what do you call that? Double confirm uh this hypothetical is that this technology works one hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. I might just go down the brave new world kind of route, you know. Testing on yourself. Huh? You Put it to everyone? No, like the whole like how everyone has a path in life and you are just you know, cloned to be what you are going to be and everyone just stays in their fucking whatever and then we'll have eternal peace. No, then you create castes and classes. But when I think like, okay, so this like really terrible side of me comes out but I feel like right now the inequality is a problem because people feel like meritocracy is flawed and they can't get to other classes because and everyone's trying to get to other classes and trying to upgrade themselves whereas if you are born into like a caste or like a class or you know you know that you're destined to be in there and then you are just gonna resign yourself to that fact like I think a lot of the problems will go away what happens when you have a bunch of babies right that has no affinity for whatever they're just like way at the bottom of the spectrum then just kill them all Angie, you're, so this is we, a compound solution. We get rid of the class problem by getting rid of the dum dums. <laughs> <laughs> so Stalin will be proud, by the way. Oh, <laughs> guys, I give you new technology. Utterly, we, we all of us utterly. This uh, is where we cannot be like yeah, in power, you know. I'm, I'm glad you know, I'm the, not the government. You know, Pol Pot, right? Yeah. Uh, isn't that what you try to do? Uh, whoa, we have some. Uh, we, I want a happy society, so we just kill all the unhappy people. <laughs> yeah. And we have a happy no, it's time. like it's, I'm just channeling Lee Kuan Yew, you know. It's like okay, the time okay. when he was like, you know, all the educated people should reproduce more, and the uneducated people should not reproduce. He was like totally eugenics, all right? Yes. He was trying to like breed out the not yeah, non university people, but he wanted them to breed lesser and lesser, and then like so I, they'll eventually he's I think you just want to murder them straight eliminate out. eliminate oh shit. I can't even pronounce it. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once again, Dan learns in his hypotheticals that no amount of magic technology can help to solve society's problems. <laughs> the end. It probably cause more problems. Maybe you're just asking the wrong people. Yeah. We are not. We are not a bunch of good people here on this podcast. That's what I've learned. I'm alright. I, I just. I just realized I'm uh, head and shoulders above NG on the morality standards, so I think I'm good. Yeah. I just pretend to be nice. Okay. Very right. badly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are still here, still with us after the end of our bumbling podcast attempt uh, on uh, inequality in Singapore, please like and comment our post, share it with your friends, and maybe comment on the issue yourself, and we'd be happy to hear from you. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.